It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to the first Garibaldi Red of 2022 as we look forward to Nottingham Forest's FA Cup tie against Arsenal on Sunday evening and also discuss a very busy start to transfer window and what may come in the weeks to follow. And to do so, first of all, we're joined by former Forest midfielder and Sky Sports presenter David Prutton. Hello, Prutts. Happy New Year. You well? I'm very well, my friend. How are you? Happy New Year. Everything okay with you? Yes, all well. I have nothing to complain about, I don't think. Probably as we go along, yeah. And our second guest today is Forza Garibaldi's Greg Mitchell. Greg, hello and Happy New Year. Are you well? Yeah, great. Thank you. Happy New Year to you both. Happy New Year, Greg. You're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Ready to watch some live football. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, well, Forest were supposed to play Barnsley, um, but that one was off due to COVID. But I think the Arsenal game will go ahead. Not heard. And to say it won't. But... They have been very busy in the transfer market uh, ahead of practically every other club in the country, actually making two signings already. Uh, first of all, Keenan Davis on loan from Villa for the rest of the season and then Steve Cook on a free from Bournemouth. Um, shall we start with Cook? I-, I was a bit surprised Bournemouth let him go, Prutz. I know they're doing well, but yeah. you want to keep that leadership group together maybe? Where Bournemouth it- have had a wobble. I mean, on paper, it mm. feels like a bit of a transfer coup for Forrest. How do you view it? It does, I think, absolutely, as you're saying, as a personality and as a player, the experience that he's got in the Premier League, um, I think maybe it's just a, a, a sign of perhaps the evolution that's going on down at Bournemouth. He, he didn't, wasn't involved in the in the tail end of the playoffs, was he, due to injury, then he was out for a very long time. So um, I think he's been, if you're, a, if you're a Bournemouth fan, which nobody on here is i'm sure you're saying thanks steve cook for all your work and 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 your and your duty because he's been fantastic hasn't he for for the club down there in one of their well their most golden period in the history so hopefully he brings that to to nottingham forest and i think i think you're absolutely right i think if you look at the side which we're going to come on to obviously in detail in due course the that sprinkling of experience with the real effervescence of the younger lads um, makes for real good chemistry. And the good thing is with Steve Cooper, we, we've lauded him for the way that he um, works with younger players and develops players and brings brings players on. And the good thing is he's is, is refreshingly ego-free when it comes to dealing with older, experienced players. Some managers of a certain ilk and a certain age, not too happy with older players that may um, think that they're going to be um, muscling in on, on, the, on dressing room politics. But... From what I hear from Steve Cook and what I've seen of Steve Cook throughout his career, seems to be a player that just likes to roll his sleeves up, get stuck in and um, lead a group, which I think at this stage of the season, when Forrest are just in that position where they're gunning for the for the playoff places, that's a good position to find himself in. We are, as ever, live on Facebook and YouTube. So, uh, Happy New Year to David, Julie and Ian, who are watching along. And do drop some comments in and we might take a few questions as we go along. Um Greg, a lot's been made of the kind of not signing players under 26, which I think is actually not paying a fee for players under 26, but it doesn't necessarily follow Forest transfer policy bringing Cook in. How do you view the signing? That's exactly what I was going to start with, the the 26 rule that seems to have been developed. 
I love the fact that it really feels like a Dame Murphy and Cooper signing. And yeah, even if they have got these rules that they're going by, they've seen that this guy's come along and, you know, potentially available and, he, and he's a quality player. With, I mean, he's got 10 years of top, you know, two division experience and he's still only 30, isn't he? He's hmm. not an old. You think, oh, like these old centre backs we usually get. <laughs> he's got eight or nine years left. He, it's just exciting, and you've seen like under all the tweets from Bournemouth, like the outpour of an affection for him. Yeah, it, it sounds like the injury is the reason that he came out of favour down there. But God, to our benefit, I think it's fantastic. Warrell, him, McKenna. I, I, I know we'll probably get onto it, but I really think that those three together for the second half of the season, I'm going to be quite positive and surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we go with a back five, we'll come on to Jed, obviously, Jed Spence in more detail, but Spence, uh, Worrell, Cook, McKenna and Lowe when he's fit. I mean, perhaps is that up there with most back fives or defensive units in the league now? I think it sounds as strong as, as some of the best ones, I'd say. Um, not just strong physically, but mentally. Um, a good... Back, uh, back and foundation and basis for the side is something where the more attacking-minded players, which I think we've seen since Steve took over, he allows those players to go forward to express themselves, to flourish. And what is imperative in that is that you make sure that everything at the back is pretty tight and sealed off, which you get the feeling with those that is. And just to pick up on Greg's point, it's such a good point because there's sometimes a bit of a preconception about a player of a certain age moving to a certain club at a certain period of time. 30 years old, he doesn't strike me as a... As a, as a player that's just come to make the numbers up and I think as well when you get to that age when you have had an injury when you are thinking uh, in perception terms about how 30 year old footballers are viewed then he's got to prove himself he looks to me like a player that will come in and want to play every single game that will want to be there in training all the time that will want to be um, the example that's set to the rest of the squad with the other players that do exactly the same thing so I think that don't underestimate the power of the motivation that comes when a footballer of a certain age sees the end in sight, but gets the chance to go and play for a club such as this and think, do you know what? This platform, it, and, and again, it, without being cynical about it, it's mutually beneficial. If he plays out of his skin between now and the end of the season and someone comes in and says, we'll take him, that's a different, that's a, that's a different debate. If he comes in and plays out of his skin and Forrest goes, do you know what? Do you want to stick around for another couple of years? Happy days all round, isn't it? So it's, uh, it's, it's, that perfect partnership right now that, that benefits both parties. And as you say, that back, we, we say back five, but in the way that he's gone about it, Steve uh, Steve Cooper, it's a three with two lads absolutely tearing forward, isn't it? Which I think is what Forest fans have come to know and appreciate and enjoy with the way that Steve set his side up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely so. I think when he signed, everyone said straight away, oh, that's it, Worrell's off. And there's that lit, honestly no indication of that at all. I, think, I know Sarah Clapson did a piece saying that Newcastle and Burnley are interested. Are they, are they the sole, sorry to put him out, they're the sole two clubs that, obviously it's rumours and conjecture, but are they, are they the clubs that have been chucked out, just those two around around Joe? Yeah, at the moment, it changes all the time, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, that's what I was going to say, you know, Newcastle and Burnley are looking at him, they're not bid. No one, he's come close to going, and I think, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the summer. I don't, I don't think he's going to go this January. I mean, it can change, can't it? Mm. But do you think, Maybe the, the end is nigh for actually Figs now, Greg. Figueredo looks like yeah. he might be one struggling. Mm. And, yeah, you know, he's a good option off the bench, but I think he's probably happier. You hear stories that he'd, he'd be happier back home anyway, wouldn't you? And 
I think he has been good for us. There's obviously been mistakes there, but you know, if it is replacing Figs, that's a fantastic. It really is a good a good signing. Um, and the good thing is as well, having those three, they're, they're all three quality leaders as well. They're all captains in their own mind and. If we do have to like play some of the youngsters in against Arsenal or something like that, just having one of them at the back is going to change a lot of things for them. So yeah, going back, if Figs goes, you know, wish him all the best. There's certainly no hard feelings here, but yeah, he's going to have to either play out his skin to get back in the team, or maybe he's happily looking elsewhere, sunnier mm. climates. <laughs> Put yourself in Worrell's shoes if you could Prutz because you've been that young player who you know you wanted Forrest to go up when you were playing but someone took a chance on you in <clears> Southampton <throat> I suppose you you need that in a sense don't you I mean how do you think Joe's viewing the situation we don't know him well but how old Joe now 24 24 he, he doesn't it, seem like he wants to have his head turned or everything no that's that's what I've always liked about Joe even more so around when it comes to them, when, when Forrester playing Derby, he likes to drop a few bombs in here and there, doesn't he, when he's discussing pre- and post-match stuff with that. Um, 24 is a different... I was... So, I mean, casting your mind back to 2003, which was when it was, so I, I'd have just turned 21. And the Forest side that we had was very much in the mix, very much um, going in for promotion. It's funny because I was chatting to, as we were, well, we were chatting to Paul Hart about this yeah, a couple of, yeah. couple of months ago. Uh, and then bit by bit, and financially the club was in a slightly different position. Um, but uh, it, it's that sliding doors moment. It, whatever decision he makes in the moment is the right one, I feel. I, I if, if we'd have kept that side together with the likes of, say, JJ and... and Obviously, Dawson uh, and uh, Reedy moved on after me. That it could have been, could have been a, a side that managed to climb back into the Premier League. And obviously, since then, it's been a, a very, very, very long period of time since then since they've been back there. Um, and looking back, it turned out for reasons. I mean, professionally, my career probably didn't go in the right as as as, as far as I wanted it to go. But I, I always think you end up with a career that you probably deserve with regards to the decisions made and the way the kind of fates and the stars align. But personally, if I'd have not gone there, I might not be sat here with the family that I got. So it's a different, you know what I mean? It, it's it swings around about with that. So it's um. But from Joe's point of view, twenty four is a different age. Twenty four is really coming into the meat of your of your game and your career. And the other thing is as well. And I, I think we're beyond, um, as football fans, I think we're happy enough to to understand and appreciate the finances involved. If Newcastle come in for him and say, Joe Worrell, come and sign for us for four years and you get X amount of thousands of pounds a week, hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, then that, that puts in a different stratosphere. Uh, and, and hopefully Forest fans that are watching this and listening to this understand where that's coming from because... The history and the heritage of what Nottingham Forest is, as opposed to what Newcastle United is, even though Newcastle United is this ginormous football club up in the northeast, packed out every week, fifty thousand fans, all that type of stuff. They love their club as much as Nottingham Forest fans love their club, and we absolutely understand that. But um, given given where Forest are and where Forest could be, as opposed to where Newcastle United are right now, it would be. And I'm not saying he's getting he's, he's playing for chicken feed at Forest. He won't be, but it'll be an astronomical amount of money involved in that type of decision from a young man at 24 that could change his life, his kids' lives, his, his grandkids' lives, things like that. And I understand that that's not the question that you're asking there, but from a footballing point of view, 
the glory that comes with getting Forest back into the Premier League and what goes is perhaps going to Newcastle and keeping them in the Premier League are two different things. So I think they need to fight tooth and nail to keep them. And I think from Forest's point of view, if it's a case of let's see where we are at the end of the season, happy days all round, isn't it? And I think even Forest fans, given the, the um, service that he's given, wouldn't begrudge him that position that if this season doesn't go according to plan, Joe then moves on. No. But like I say, there's no indication he's actually going. And Forrest certainly aren't. I'm talking like he's gone. No, no, no. Everyone burning Worrell shirts out in the streets. Rubbish. <laughs> Did you meet your wife on the South Coast then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, her father played for Southampton, who was a, a fundamentally better player than I ever was, but still managed to get almost as big a ban as I did. So that's, that's <laughs> where that's where the, the lineage comes in. And when we're down there, my son's very keen to tell his pool of friends that are down there that his granddad played for Southampton. And I'm kind of stuck there going. <laughs> Which, if, if you're a Southampton fan, would probably say, yeah, it's really accurate <laughs> with regard to, to, his, to his take on that. Uh, but hey, long, long time ago. Let's get, let's get back to the here and now. Oh, well, one other thing. You did have a good career. Weren't you like England's under-21 record appearance holder for quite a while? Yeah, but who, who took over the under-21? Well, James Milner, wasn't it, I think? Did James uh, Milner overtake you? Platt. David Platt. Oh, I'm Platt. not saying there's any form of nepotism <laughs> there, but um, I, I, I think, and knowing you boys haven't spoken to Paul Hart and you know what his um, cutting humour can be like, I think he'd said after after he took over and, put, and Paul was in charge for a bit that, about giving me a kick at the backside to get in the 21s, not just because your mate's in charge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit, oh, geez, Paul. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean, and what if, I'll be honest, whatever happened to James Milner after the 21s, God knows. <laughs> no, poor career. One yeah. nothing with no one. <laughs> right. Yeah, terrible shape. Over the hill at whatever 47 years old he is, still fit as a butcher's dog. He's sick. Uh- Back to Forrest and the present day. Uh, where shall we go next? Uh, well, I'll just say a word on Brennan Johnson that there's no indication he's going either. His dad's very adamant he's staying on Twitter, we saw, and um, he's happy at Forrest. So the other one I went to about, obviously, Jed Spence, Greg. Um, I thought he was going. I mean, all indications were that he'd go back. So initially, how relieved are you that Jed Spence is here for the rest of the season? It just, again, it, like it points out where we think we're going. And he, he clearly loves it down here as well. Going back to Worrell, like between Newcastle and Burnley, you think, God, I couldn't understand him going to Burnley, but Newcastle is where they're supposedly going. You could, and I saw that with Jed Spence. He's just loving his football in Nottingham. He wasn't getting the opportunities in Middlesbrough. But, God, last week when their manager, when Wilder came out with what he did, it was so obvious he'd gone. I'd like come to peace with it. So, what a, again, what a brilliant piece of work it is. One, because we've got him till the end of the season. If he plays out his skin, we're probably in the top six. And if we don't make it fair enough, he'll probably be in the Premier League because he's looking like he's going to deserve that. Um, But if we manage to get up there, then I'd imagine he's the first signing. So it's just brilliant work again. I can't praise him enough for his loyalty towards us because we've given him a good run of games and he's been superb. And for the club to be able to, to get it done so quickly, because it looks like one of those again where we're all in turmoil. We've just lost another game, two games on the bounce, and we've lost arguably our best player of the season. So, yeah, great work. I suppose we have to give Dane Murphy a bit, a lot of credit and the club mm. um, backing him. And, you know, the owner's pumping a hell of a lot of money in Pruts. I mean, mm. what would you, if Middlesbrough 
I mean, I'd have recalled him just to stick it to Forrest. It was like Forrest did with Albert Adoma last season yeah. with Charlo Cardiff. Well, you, making anyone sound petty. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was really surprised. And mm. given as what, what Greg's saying there, the form that he's been in, I've seen quite for quite a while at, at Borough, but he's played consistently better at Forest. And that fresh pair of eyes that Chris brought in, given where they are as well, given... But then, I mean, Chris has also said that, I mean, they're not recalling any loan players from what I've read, whether it's yeah. whoever's up at the end of January or whoever's up at the end of the season, whether that means that they've got their eyes on other permanent or loan signings of their own, that they don't want to just fill spaces, which given, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a broader discussion, isn't it, about fulfilling fixtures with regards to COVID absentees, but that's a different thing. But uh, I, was re- I was really surprised. And I think... Um, that that must mean that either Chris has got several aces up his sleeve with regards to who they want to bring in. But as you say, with regard to what Dane's done and what Steve's done as well. I mean, and, and again, I, I've, we've talked on this so many times and, and I don't want to be needlessly over gushing about what Steve Cooper's attributes are. But a 21-year-old Jed Spence maybe thinks, well, hang on, I've played really well for six months here. Let's see what the rest of the season holds for me. And as Greg says, you get, you get another... You get another six months under your belt, such as that. And as we know, that position, uh, specifically uh, the the most recent kind of incumbent in it, it's a great um, shop window, isn't it? If you play that well, suddenly someone at the pyramid, if Forrest don't go up, say, oh, we quite like you and we like the way you play. Do you want to fancy coming and playing for us in the Premier League? So, again, mutually beneficial all around and just quite surprised that Borough didn't exercise that right to bring him back. Mm. Um Prots alluded to Matty Cash there, Greg. It's a bit of a frivolous question. I've seen some fans <laughs> discussing it on Twitter. I mean, who's better at this stage if you had to have a choice, Cash or Spence? I think uh, Spence is a year behind Cash, we'll say. Yeah. Like, I, I get the same feeling sometimes watching Spence when you're like, well, I can't swear, can I? But <laughs> no. he's doing... He's Unless doing you're at the city ground and Prots swears <laughs> profusely and we have to edit it heavily that was afterwards. Awful. Sorry. <laughs> It's doing those things that make the crowd like, you know, get excited, just like Cash was. Obviously, if it was who's going to start next week, they're both fantastic players, but Cash is just, you know, a real cut above at the minute and he's proving it. And, you know, he was never a defender, was he? So I think <laughs> Spence is one of those that's looking, look what happened to the last guy. And there's no reason at all he couldn't either do it with us next year or sign for a, a quality Premier League team like Cash did. Mm, true, true. Just just to, just to give my two pence worth on that, I, I saw Matty at, away at Norwich just before Christmas. And with the greatest respect to Norwich, they were out the races and, and, and obviously Stephen Gerrard's gone in at Phil. And he was, he was fantastic. He was a joy to watch. Again, I'm not saying you, you, you kind of pull for the players that you kind of spent a bit of time with our discussions with. But, but again, an, another thoroughly nice kid that's worked his socks off to get to where he is and the fruits of his labour are there for all to see. And obviously now on the international stage, giving him that platform, he seems to be the kind of kid that you look at and you think, do you know what, you deserve all that because of how hard you've mm. gone about it and how you've gone about it as, as, as not just as a player, but as a person as well. Mm, true, true. Um, so Cash went to Villa, Forest of return to Villa to take Keenan Davis on loan for the rest of the season. It's interesting that he doesn't have much of a goal record, but when I speak to colleagues in Birmingham about him, they say he's very much a traditional old-school centre-forward, holds the ball up well, and he could be a really good player, but he needs a run of games and to prove he can finish. What do you think about it, Greg? It's probably not the most inspiring signing, but could it be quite a clever one, do you think? 
I, I know nothing about him. And the, the comments from all of us that seem to know so much more, some were quite negative, but then others were saying he's like a better Lyle Taylor. He'll do the Lyle Taylor job, only a lot better. Uh, he's young. You've only got to look at who have been signing recently and how well they've gone. That Cooper and Dane again have clearly like recognised him and seen something. So for me, delighted. Again, we're making more signings. We've made more signings than any other team in this division. We're clearly the ones trying to make the move. So, you know, give him a chance. Sunday could be the perfect opportunity for him as well. It's kind of a risk-free game to get him going, isn't it? And God, get play well against them, even if it is their mainly under-23s, then you're going to get on the right side of the fans straight away. Mm. It feels like a good move, Prots, doesn't it? I mean, a player who's played... He's played in the championship for Villa. Mm. He very nearly went to Stoke in the summer. So he's he, they're a good championship club. It feels like yeah. a sensible one. No, I think geographically possibly it works. Sometimes when a player goes on loan and it's a bit too far away from home, even though he is, we're talking about a 24-year-old here, that um, sometimes there's that slight, uh, um, I don't know, settling in period that takes, takes a while. But from what I've heard, it's funny because I was speaking to Andy Hinchcliffe about him and he was talking about a player that he'd seen a lot of the, uh, in the Championship that's too old to be described as raw. 24, you shouldn't, you know what I mean? You should, the, 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 the finesse that comes to whatever your game is should be moulded pretty well there. I think you're right to talk about the goal-scoring ratio, but saying that, he's not had stacks of games under his belt. I think what comes from it is when you watch Keenan in, in action, it, it's... It's that decision-making when it comes to putting the ball in the back of the net, which sounds, I've made it sound both common sense and easy. Mm. Neither It's neither of those things at all. Um, and it's about the choice of shot. It's about the choice of finish. And I think that's where maybe given a run of games, that'll come into it. Uh, and we, I mean, we, we've all scored bagfuls of goals in training, but it's a bit different when you're bearing down on goal and there's a lot of supporters behind one end and a big goalkeeper coming out. I think that's where it is. It, it's the choice that he makes when it comes to taking a shot on goal and whether it's a case of, um, as some of the best strikers do, you know what I mean, some feel it into the bottom corner, some uh, have, have got a real grace with it. I think that's where Keenan's evolution as a footballer will come and hopefully with the games that he gets. I mean, you you look at, uh, we might, probably come on to it, the, the Huddersfield uh, game and the amount of chances that are created in a game such as that. I don't think he'll he'll find himself in a side that's that's lacking for chances or wanting for chances at all, will he? So then it comes down to his responsibility as a forward. Can he get on the end of what's put into the box? Mm. Where do you think it leaves Lyle Taylor, Prots? As the he looks like the third man now, doesn't he? Um, it's a funny one with Lyle because having seen him score bagfuls of goals, there is very much a player in there that can be prolific. I'm intrigued from Greg's point of view. And this this is me not passing the book on on passing any form of judgment on him because, as I said, there's a player in there that can score goals. It's just whether under Chris whether facil- was he facilitated to score those goals. I mean, you could say he wasn't, and neither was Lewis because games were crying out for two <coughs> up front. Never really happened, did it? it? It was it was just quite methodical and 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 slow in the way that he went from back to front. But f- from from that player, Greg, that puts the shirt on it and goes to battle for you supporters. Does he tick enough for the boxes? I mean, I'm talking I'm talking about the, the very boring things like, uh, and again, a, a clogger such as me will always rely on stuff like this, whether the heart's there, the, the, the legs are there, the want to get about the pitch. And if you're not getting those goals, are you doing all the other supposed cliched mucky stuff? Does he do enough of that for you when he's on the pitch? 
the the wants there he's he's always is the one that always stands out to be chasing down the goalkeeper when the goalkeeper's not picked it up i'll say that mm. straight away um like you say like starting under Hute and it all seemed to be hold up play like get mm. the ball hold it up and so you know you look at players like Brereton up at um Blackburn they were slating him for two or three years suddenly it clicks he scored 20 in half season i don't see that happening with Taylor obviously but um, he does seem to be in that category with Forest fans as the bit of the uh, the target lad now. You know, and it, he'll need goals to change that, and and whether he'll get them now. You know, it seems like this player has come in to do his role. Whether he gets that, or you might see him go out on loan. I don't know, but um, yeah, he's not really done enough, has he? Let's be honest, for Forest fans saying, "No, he's a good player." Is it? You know, give him another chance. It's. It's not been there with him, so yeah, jury's not completely out, but we'll see. Yeah, they're, they're deliberating long into the night, I think, at the moment. I mean, if yeah. if he were to go tomorrow, then you you'd slate him as a very disappointing signing. So you mm. kind of hope the motivation's yeah. there when you put to really prove a point because well, he's sort if, of in a last chance saloon now. Yeah, well, if if Keenan comes in and hits the ground running, then that's that's where that comes into it. Then you've got to try like a bear in training. You've got to make sure that you're part of the um, squad first and foremost. Then hopefully on the because it's always, it's always felt like Lewis plus a another, isn't it? And with with the way that his goal ratio in the second tier is relatively unquestionable, I'd say. I mean, even though Forest themselves haven't been the most prolific over the last couple of seasons. Um, and that the, the focus and the attention does kind of boil right down to um, right down to what a striker's doing. But some, I mean, because there was quite a big fanfare, wasn't there, when Lyle came in? Because there was that there was that position at Charlton where he said, "Well, I'm not playing because I've got something lined up." And then you and then you look at your wow, Forrest had taken a punt on him. And then you think, with the confidence and the personality of the play, you th- I, I thought it would have been a case of hitting the ground running. But and, and but sometimes in in situations, and, th- and this is me trying to uh, trying to vouch for him and, and mitigate. Sometimes, uh, and again, apologies to fans if they think this is a, a bit of hot air, but it doesn't necessarily fall into place. You know what I mean? Confident striker knows where the goal is, puts Forrest shirt on, carries doing what he did. Sometimes something doesn't click, and as Greg says, if if you're there as a hold-up player, um, with the way that Forrest played, because if I remember rightly, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't a case of he was holding the ball up and you had three or four players flying past him, did no. you? It was like <laughs> hold the ball up, and we'll all look at you while you're holding the ball up, yeah, and then maybe go that way, and then maybe go that way, and and that's not me slating the way that Chris set the team up. That's just the way that he's done it. Start yeah. at the back, keep it tight at the back, move forward. So, um. So sometimes things just don't work. But maybe, again, to, to try and twist it onto the positive, Keenan comes in and, and, and collectively gives the front line that kick up the backside it needs to make sure that every single player, whether they're dropped in or dropped out or comes onto the pitch, performs when they're called upon. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say on Taylor is, I don't think anyone would have scored many goals in that team last season, would they, Greg? Obviously, Graben didn't. Glenn Murray, who you work with now, Prots fantastic career and he got two goals for Forrest mm-hmm. and barely looked like scoring anymore They're just a bit of a nightmare it's, really. it's funny it's funny when I've spoken to Glenn about that because he is he's, he's as you would have known speaking to him he's a very honest fella and he, he's just kind of said it didn't quite click up for obviously came scored on his debut you know what I mean you're thinking oh here we go uh, but like you say I, I think that's what you're alluding to when you said about players that have come in 
with the pedigree, like someone like Glenn's got, who quite obviously knows where the goal has been for the throughout the course of his career, and it didn't just click. So, so when we're looking at Lyle Taylor, we're not just saying Lyle's come in on his own and not done this. Collectively, as a strike force in the last couple of seasons, you, you've not had that that type of player. And whether that's that's because that type of player, and, and, and maybe the example's a, a, a bit of a a bit of a. Um, a huge one. And you look at like how many goals Mitrovic has, has got, how many goals Solanke's got, how many goals Ben Brereton Diaz has got. That's taken a long time for Ben to click into gear. Six million pound player that's got to the age that he's at and suddenly burst into the form of his life. Sometimes uh, it's it's a, it's a combination of good coaching and, and and the player maybe getting his head around the fact that I need to pull my finger out here. Maybe that's been a case of it. But I just think given the way that Steve's setting the team up moving forward. I think there is more scope for forward-thinking players to get on the score sheet more, which, again, it sounds so easy and so straightforward, but it hasn't been the case, I don't think. That, hence why the fact that we've not had Forrest um, smashing up the top six, you know what I mean, in, 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 the, in those particular seasons. Mm, true, true. Uh, last player I want to talk about before we get onto the Huddersfield game, the Arsenal game, is Harry Arter, who snuck in through the back door as Forrest signed Steve Cook yesterday. He's returned from his lane spot at Charlton. Well, he couldn't get in the team. Uh, in a struggling League One side. But you look on Twitter, not, never the best place to look. There's a few Forest fans saying, <laughs> give him a chance. God. I know. Mm. Give him a chance. Um, look at what happened with Ben Watson, for example. What do you think, Greg? Is there, He can't play in the FA Cup against Arsenal, which would have been kind of the potential thing to put him uh, back in as a final chance. So he's have to play in a league game. Can you see him getting another chance, Greg, or not? Um I think the chances are very high just because with all these, I mean, these players dropping out left, right and centre, it's unprecedented, isn't it? So we've kind of been given this player back without really wanting him. I'm sure if Charlton had said, can we have him for longer? We'd have said absolutely. But there's probably going to be a, a time in the next couple of months where we do need to call on him. So, you know, hold the pitchforks, just hold them back a bit and he might be playing. So, um, yeah, he's he's not done very well with Charlton, has he? I d- did you say he'd been injured earlier? I'm not sure. But had, I think he had a bit of a hamstring injury, but I was reading quotes from Johnny Jackson, the manager, saying he couldn't get in their side. Yeah, so he's, he's not, not the kind of player. Over. He's not the kind of player you're thinking, right, this is the guy we've got for the promotion push, but he's certainly a player that he's sat there now, and if two or three in his position have to drop out for a couple of games, then he's going to come in, so... That's why you can see, you never know. Yeah, I think, I to, be, to be fair, sorry to put him back, that's a great point that Greg makes because we've because of what we've seen with COVID. If you take the Huddersfield game, for example, you had Silver and Oyeda that came into the side. I thought Silver did really well. He looked, yeah. he looked pretty tidy on mm. the ball. Oyeda, I mean, didn't see, see... I mean, it's never a good thing when you see a player go running off to get subbed and you think, oh, Christ, he's still on the pitch. You know what I mean? But not in a bad way, but sometimes you can be... Sometimes these, these games can pass you by, but... It, so that strength in depth has got to be there. Um, and Harry's experience, his ability in a promotion push internationally and in the Premier League. Um, I think, again, at times, a couple of instances when we'd, we'd spoken after games and we'd looked at the team shape or we'd got, we'd, we were covering games at Sky and, you, and you, you were trying to work out who's playing where. And then when it gets to the point where you're going, so Harry's playing number 10. And you think, right, that doesn't, suit him and I think even I've heard whispers that even when that was then 
proposed to him, there's a bit of a head scratch and looking around saying, all right, so I'm playing number 10, which if you're a player such as he that busies himself in midfield, sometimes that extra 10 yards can can change can, can change the dynamics of, of what you're good at. So, um, as you say, it's still a Forest player. I think from Greg's point of view, which uh, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your backside, Greg, but you do present a very balanced view, which is something that I really quite enjoy. Um, that not just harbouring players for the sake of it, but if you are looking at promotion push, sometimes the more the merrier. If 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 he knows how to get a team over the line like he did with Bournemouth, if he knows how to manage the emotions of what a, a top six tilt could be, maybe maybe Steve Cook comes and, and brings something out of Harry that they remember from the time on the South Coast. You just don't know, do you? So, as you say, keep the jury out for now and see where they are at the end of the season. Yeah, if the man, well, you know, if Steve Cooper thinks he should play, then absolutely, you know, mm. we'll all bow down to that. I suppose my one concern would be, does he push Tyrese Fauna further down the pecking order? Although you could loan Tyrese out and give him an opportunity there as well, I suppose. I don't think he does at the minute. I I, I can't see that. But, um, I mean, there's a game coming up bigger than Arsenal, isn't there? And if he's called upon for that and he does something right, then absolutely everything's forgotten and he's a club legend isn't he for the rest of his career so it's just football's weird isn't it oh, so. top someone in the first minute <laughs> <laughs> exactly goes jogging off and was like oh <laughs> last minute it'd be all right <laughs> <laughs> to one of their key players you'd be buzzing that when you grow <laughs> well before we get to derby uh we should look backwards at huddersfield um Kratz, i asked you to come on Badgered you to come on this and message you and mess, really messed you around, team, because you saw the game. I just like to play hard to get because I'm, I'm petty <laughs> when you played and it very well. like that. <laughs> so you did the game uh, hmm. for Sky. What was it? A bit of a free game. It struck me as a bit of a free game. And Forrest had 24 shots, and yeah, Brennan Johnson missed two really good chances. How, how did you view the game? Yeah, I mean, on another, obviously, Zinkenagel hit the bar as well. I mean, that's more of a wonder goal, not wonder goal, a, a superb strike if that goes in. Um, but it was a Huddersfield side that started brightly. They hit the, the bar themselves, didn't they? And they had a glorious chance just after after half time, which was a sitter really that was missed. I think it was it was it Sinani? I can't remember who it was. Um, but I think you saw Forest side there, and again, much much changed. Steve alluded to it before the game about not having players available, um, first choice players. In that sense, you get Jack playing in an unfamiliar position. Um, but but watching Brennan and, and not and again when when you when you are talking about him on TV like we do, um, I obviously know his dad very very well, and <clears throat> you're looking at it ho- hopefully from a purely objective point of view. But it's just a joy to watch. You know what I mean? He he he, he gets up, goes again he, with the wonderful backup of what Jed's got behind him, and that real fresh faced kind of naivety about just running and running and running, not for running sake, but. But adding that um, last portion of of the game to what he's about, i.e. that final ball, he did have a couple of good chances, which on another day you'd like to think that he would have stuck away. And then it, it would have felt like a pretty comprehensive victory um, for Forrest. But that's what I was... Because I was, I was asking Michael Dawson about it afterwards. And, and sometimes in games such as that where you watch it, and I'm sure Forrest fans came away thinking, not that there was a glut of clear-cut chances, but there was enough good chances to walk away with three points that you kind of scratch your head thinking, how on earth that happened? And sometimes you have to take your hat off to the fact that clinical finishing does sometimes help. I thought Forrest let themselves down with the conceding of the goal because it was it was switching off 
it was a good turn by Dwayne Holmes. And again, he enjoyed every single moment of that, didn't he? <laughs> Scoring at Trent's end, especially. Um, but that's that's the fine margins. If you're not going to take your opportunities, you've got to make sure that defensively you're very sound and resolute. And in that instance where Jed was left on his own with the one-two um, leading to the leading to the goal, that's where Forrest let themselves down. But again, Steve came out afterwards, couldn't fault the effort, the endeavour, the opportunities created, the fact that they're um, operating in a in a period of get, a period of matches where a lot of games were called off. More power to Forrest for getting it on, bringing the players in, like I said, as Soyeda and, and Silva. Uh, and getting the game done. But I, I think there was enough in there, hopefully, and, and I'd like to take Greg's take on this, that even though it was a defeat, if there's a way to lose, there's a lot of positivity in the sense that you've been beaten by a side that was pretty high in confidence and had done well in the last couple of games to come back from goal deficits. So uh, if you're going to lose, lose like that, but make sure that that's parked and you move on to the next one. Hmm. Last two games have been a bit weird, haven't they, Greg? I mean, they've passed one into their own net against Middlesbrough mm. and then played really poorly in the first half and then, by contrast, lost in a very different way. What, what do you think about it, how it's shaping it, up? It, there's always the second half, isn't there, with Forrest? Like, you have a poor, poor first half. The way we come out in the second half is superb. It was gutting, that Huddersfield game. You know, you walked out, didn't know what to do. You certainly clapped them off the pitch because they couldn't have tried any harder to get it in the back of the net. Um, and I'm sure they'll take a lot from it because you know that you don't have that many chances without scoring. The stats after it were, you know, ridiculous. But like you say, you just got to chalk it off. There's loads of positives to take from it, and I'm sure the players that were on the fringes that got a game and played very well will be like raring to go again now. But yeah, God, if we'd have got the result, which we should have, uh, we'd have been in a hell of a position now after playing like we did. But, you know, next time we'll probably have a poor game and win. Are you still <laughs> booking the uh, Forza Garibaldi Open Top Bus Parade or are you not that Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think uh, top top four at the minute. I've, got, I've gone off the top two a little bit. But <laughs> we're signing, we're, in all seriousness, we're signing the players. If Forrest were content with saying we'll give it a go next year, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now. And, and they're clearly thinking, we've got a cracking chance here of getting in the top six. And all the fans know we have now. It was a bit of a joke a few months ago, but now it's like serious contenders for those top six. And yeah, the last two results, we could have easily got six points out of them. And wow, the position we'd been in. We didn't, but we're still well in the fight. So, mm. you know, making the signings and keep going. Who are you liking right now, Prats? I mean, obviously, Fulham and Bournemouth look good. Albion are having a horrendous wobble, but they've signed Daryl DK. I mean, mm. Who are the teams to watch in the second half of the season for you? Well, I think Blackburn have been fantastic. <clears throat> That's obviously dependent on, and not just a one-man team, but if some, someone comes in with a ridic- ridiculous bid for Ben, uh, then that puts their season in, in a different position. QPR getting about the business pretty quietly and effectively. And, and, and Huddersfield, Huddersfield's a strange one as well, because they've been a mixed bag where they started the season really well, tailed off. And then they've come back strongly and shown some real kind of um, character and fight. Borough, as we've already mentioned, a team that's nicely, I'm just looking at the table, they're nicely poised around where Forest are. I mean, you look at the fact that they're five points in front of Forest, And then Bournemouth seem to have righted themselves and Fulham have almost been a little bit Jekyll and Hyde. I think it was good that the top two had a bit of a wobble as, as a neutral. You're kind of hoping that that brings everyone back into it. And whether... Daryl DK going in at West Brom has a desired effect to 
quell a few of the murmurs that are coming from Baggies fans about the way that Valerian goes about his football. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, if he if they play the kind of football that they played and smash up the the top end of the table and go up again, it becomes a, a bit of a moot point, doesn't it? But I think um, as even though it's our kind of our and, and and what we cover a lot at Sky, it's as, it feels to me that it's as open as it has been for quite a while. Uh, we, there was a there was almost a sense of the processional when it came to I think it was Fulham going to Preston. They ended up drawing, but if Fulham would have won that, they'd have been eleven points clear of third place in kind of November Town, which is kind of going not great for the for the competition. But I think I I, I agree with what you're both saying there. And and even though Greg's kind of rode back from gate crash in the top two and and and, and slumming it in the top four, it's it's a team that's recruiting for now. I, I don't think you. I think the days of building and 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 saying, uh, using that kind of that kind of buzzword of it being a project and a journey. The the journey is right now. It's got to be right now. Getting into the Premier League is absolutely that first port of call with Forest, uh, as it is with probably twelve teams in that division right now. So there's there's no point looking. Even though Steve is is a man that likes to be at a club like he was at Swansea for a while and and, and create something. He very much operates in the here and now, and I'm sure Dave Murphy's not coming to say that hopefully Forrest will get in the Premier League by 2025, given what it is and, and that huge disparity that now exists between, bigger than it ever, ever has been, between the Premier League and the Championship. Why not now? My, that my question to the Forest players and, and the managers, why not now? Because if not now, when? Hmm, true, true. Um, we should, with time's getting on, we should talk about the FA Cup tie against Arsenal. What are you thinking, Greg? Big upset or go full tilt with the team? Or would you like to see maybe, like we mentioned, Tyrese Fauna play, or Jada, um, Fauna, um, Horvath in goal maybe? What kind of team would you like to see uh, named? It's going to depend on how many are out through COVID. Because, you know, Cooper only said just over a week ago, the squad's riddled. Um, so how many of them are back is going to factor, isn't it? But yeah, I, I think we've fully we've got to expect it might be our only chance this season now to play some of the lads that aren't going to be getting games very often. So we've got to do that. We can't be thinking about the cup run now. The priority has to be the game after that. And yeah, exactly all those players that you just stated should should be seeing some of the game at least. Um, and I don't think any Forest fans going to moan if they do do that. You know, we, we seem to play Arsenal every year. It's not that massive time. <laughs> They're bored of, of them now, aren't they? Oh, oh, Arsenal again. It was a bit of a joke <laughs> that it was going to be Chelsea or Arsenal. Uh, so nobody's massively like, oh, I can't wait to play this big Brem club. Um, not interested. So, yeah, play, play some of the, for me, play some of these players that certainly deserve a chance and that we're going to possibly have to call upon for 90 minutes in a massive league game in the coming weeks. Hmm. Mm. What do you think, Prots? What was your view of the FA Cup as a player? Was it a bit of a bind in those early rounds or not? No, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I've, two standout memories of it are when I was at Forest, I, I, I was made captain for the game against West Ham at Upton Park, which we lost. Uh, Reed scored a great goal. Moved to Southampton and they subsequently got to the cup final with me being cup tied, which was great fun. But then oh, the, the, the cynic in me thinks that if I'd have been playing, they might not have got to the cup final, to be fair. I just, so. I just Googled that final to check if you played and thought it'd be too cruel to raise it, but you raised no, it No, yourself. no, no. No, I, w- I was there cheerleading on from uh, the sidelines at every round. I remember a game at Millwall, which 
there's a big burly dude behind me that was giving our players all kinds of dogs abuse and then was on the pitch at half-time welcoming kids on for the birthday. Oh, this is happy five, fifth birthday <laughs> to uh, such and such. I'm thinking, oh my God, if they'd have heard what you were saying for the first 45 minutes, you won't be let anywhere near a microphone ever again. Um, and then the, I think one of the semi-finals was at Villa Park, which is the kind of stuff that kids' dreams are made of, even though I wasn't part of it. But you're thinking, this is a big old game, this, isn't it? And obviously getting to the final, which... Um, was one nil, but it was it was a bit of a non-event because of how good Arsenal were at the time. And the other one was um, having a bit of a hissy fit at Leeds when I got dropped for the game. Gary McAllister dropped me for the game against Histon, which was on <laughs> which was on TV at the time. And then 15 minutes into the game, I looked at my uh, former teammate, my portel, and I thought, really glad I've been dropped for because <laughs> it was all <laughs> pictures boggy. We were making a meal of it. We got knocked out. It was a, a cup upset and you're kind of going, well, not my fault, lads. You know what I mean? <laughs> giving, giving a good team spirit and all that. But um, I think going into this one, is, am I right in thinking, is, is it on TV? Mm, Given yeah. the time that yeah. it is yeah. on, on a rival channel that I have no clue what it's on. Um, so again, it, it's, it's a chance, hopefully, for obviously COVID protocols uh, notwithstanding for the city ground to get relatively packed out. And, and like, I mean, even though Greg's absolutely phoning it in, he's sick of seeing Arsenal <laughs> over the years. I just think it's a nice glimpse in possibly if you are a bit romantic about the idea, you're looking at it thinking, well, I hope this fixture takes place again next season, but in the league. Yeah. Oh not, yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't be excited. Here, no, I, <laughs> you, you, you've got me wrong with it. Playing in the league and then I'm excited. Absolutely. Bring I can't it on. be bothered. Yeah. Arsenal fan TV, all that rubbish. It's just awful. So, oh, just, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing in there that Greg said that I disagree with. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Uh, I think we'll leave it there for this week. So, thanks very much to lots of people who watched along and dropped comments in. It does help. And if you like this, as ever, do give us a good rating on iTunes and subscribe on YouTube and iTunes and any other platform that is out there because it does help people find this podcast, which really helps us. Pruts. Thank you very much for joining us yet again. We appreciate it very much. My pleasure, chaps. It's always a pleasure to talk to you both. And as it's getting increasingly rosier, it's even more delightful, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, the first question was, why does David Pratt hate Forrest? So you can no longer hate Forrest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matt, we've spoken about this in depth, haven't we? Too many uh, times for me to bring it's it up. A real, it, yeah. It's a real misconception, which the more you try and write a misconception, the more it sounds desperately <laughs> like you're trying to backtrack. So let's... I mean, like, you know, you know how pure my heart is when it comes to Nottingham Forest. So let's let's leave it at that, shall we? Absolutely. Well, no one has a purer heart for Nottingham Forest than Greg. So, Greg, <laughs> thank you very much. No, I was going to say, get Don Goodman on next week and ask him there. <laughs> well, apparently, and this is this is for the, the perception that you get. So, uh, I was I went to watch the Leeds game of the week um, with my son, and the fellow on the door kind of half went, "You right?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah." And he came in and he said. Oh, what was it with you lot hating Leeds? I was like, oh, God, not you as well. Tom Goodman. I said, you know he's born in Leeds and is a Leeds fan. He went, he's never nice about us. And I was like, okay, I'll tell him. Keith Andrews. I said, what's Keith done now? Jesus. He <laughs> doesn't Andrew. like us either. Right, okay. And anyone else? And he kind of chunted a bit and laughed. And it just it just kind of made me laugh at that kind of percent. But then it's like, I suppose it's like, not that it happens a lot because um, people hopefully are quite nice. It's like someone slagging off one of your kids, isn't it? Or, thinking that they've slagged off one of your kids, you, you're going to instantly go front up and say, I'm sorry. But um, don't worry. There's, like I said, it's we're all we're all wholly objective, neutral, uh, and uh, hopefully that comes across. 
Who does your son support? Southampton. Oh, okay. Be- because his granddad played for him. <laughs> 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 Literally the only reason. Literally the only reason. Oh dear! There you go. But, but we we we'd gone to the so this this and I'm I'm boring now and I'm I'm running the clock on. But we'd gone to this Leeds versus Arsenal. So Greg would have hated it. Um, we um <laughs> and it was uh, we in these quite nice posh seats that I got through uh, a contact of mine, and uh, subsequently cheered all four Arsenal goals in the Leeds hospitality <laughs> end. And I'm thinking we're not going to get out of here. <laughs> and then but then I went. To, we we took him the other day to go and see Leeds Burnley. Is he frozen, Greg? He, uh, he has, yeah. I thought oh. it was me. No, it's he's frozen. Well, Could have been the best. Wind on. He's back. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> I finished it off with an absolute zinger, but you're never going to know what that is. <laughs> what happened at Leeds Burnley before you freeze oh, the, again? The one, the one, and now he's a Leeds fan. But, so, oh, okay. It's, well, it's, it's, I'm telling you, Greg, kids these days, they'll support anybody that they get free tickets for. That's it. True. <laughs> My boy wants to support Leicester. I've said that on here before. Like, no. What? Can't have that. I know. Well, I live in Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Remember, remember, there's no, there's no bad kids, only bad parents. Mm. Yeah, I'll go with that. Now. Could, the it, amount of time they spent watching the amount of time they spent watching YouTube and playing Nintendo this holiday suggests they've clearly got bad parents. So, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> right. That's a good note to end on. Thanks very much, everyone. There's still a lot of people watching this. We'll see everyone on uh, Monday when we'll look back on the win against boring, boring Arsenal, which Greg won't care about. See everyone (laughs) soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 